It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Welcome back to our special bonus book club episode of the podcast. I'm Roisin Ingle. Now, every couple of months, we're going to be surprising you with this extra Sunday episode where our regular book clubbers meet to dissect a book and tell you what they thought of it. Now, this time we are discussing a book called Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmus. And I know that many of you have been reading along with us, which is brilliant. So no messing, no hairdressing. Let's get straight to it. I'm just going to read the blurb. Scientist Elizabeth Zott knows exactly who she is. So when circumstances force her to become something she's not, the star of the TV cooking show Supper at Six, things don't go according to plan. Chemistry is change, she tells her restless audience of housewives, daring them to reconsider not just the dinner menu, but their own place in the world. That's because Elizabeth's show is not just about food. It's about life, faith, hope and especially science, the very things that feed our minds as well as our bodies. But for all Elizabeth Zott's rousing words, she feels a deep loneliness A missing ingredient in her own life reveals her fear of being a permanent outsider. Will Elizabeth Zott ever fit in? More to the point, should she? So that's the blurb. And we have gathered our usual book clubbers here, Neve Towie and Bernice Harrison. And unfortunately, my mother, Anne Ingle, is not able to be with us, but she's very much with us in spirit. She had a bit of an operation last week and she's recovering from that, but she's fine. She told me to tell you all, don't worry, she's, she's going to be grand. She's going to be bouncing back. But she was very keen to get involved and still be part of the podcast. So what we're going to do is we're going to play Anne's contribution now and then we're going to bring in our other book club members. So roll it there, Suzanne. As always, I listened to this wonderful book and it was narrated by a lady called Miranda Raven, done beautifully. Really and truly, the main thrust of the book is life for a woman in the 1950s and 60s in the world and all that that entails, the good, the bad and the ugly, and a lot of it is very ugly, but you know what? It's a funny book. It made me laugh in a lot of places. And um, I just really can't say enough about it. I, I mean, I could just sit here saying, this is a wonderful book. Read it. Read it now. Do you know, it's it's wonderful. And it was so especially wonderful at the end of the um, Audible book, an interview came along with the writer. So that was really a, a great bonus. And in which she told us that... Um, the research that she did, she's not a chemist herself, but the research that she did, she couldn't just use Google because times have changed since the 1950s. So she had to go and revert back to chemistry books that were written 
prior to our current time, written in the 1950s, in fact, that she wouldn't make any mistakes because chemistry has moved on since then. And also the other wonderful insight that I got from listening to that interview was that before she had started to write this book, she had read The Feminine Mystique by Betty Friedan and also one of my favourite books, The Woman's Room by Marilyn French. So her mindset was there. She was back there in the 1950s having to endure all that every woman there at that time had to endure. And unfortunately, for some of us, it hasn't changed that much. The other great thing I learned was that this book is going to be made into a film. It's going to, it's been bought by Hollywood already. And uh, I would just like to suggest that they haven't already cast one of the characters, Walter Pine, that Bob Odenkirk, which he of Better Call Saul, will be perfect for that role. There are some amazing characters in the book that stay with you that you won't be able to forget. And not just the main character of Elizabeth Zott, but others along the way as well, Walter Pine being one of those. The whole magic of the book is that everybody will be able to relate to that, men and women, but mostly women, I will suspect. It's just a great read, a funny read, and an exciting book to read now. It's like a social history of of how feminism and the role of women in society has developed over the years. One of the main things that I got out of it was the knowledge that 99.9% of us, our DNA is exactly the same. No matter what gender we are, colour, race, ethnicity, 99.9% of our DNA is the same as the person sitting beside you, no matter who or what they are. And I found that fascinating and um, something that I will that will stay with me for a long time, especially when I might find I'm prejudiced against a certain people. Or, but you know what I mean. And uh, the other great thing I um, would agree with her on is never underestimate your child. They are all so much smarter than we realize, no matter at what age they are, two, three, four five, six, seven, never, never underestimate them and what they can do. In this book, there's a, a character called Madeline, who is uh, four, but her mother pretends she's five because she's so precocious. But she made a family tree in the book, a picture of a family tree, which told the whole life story of both her mother and father and was extraordinary. And, and is kind of at the heart of the whole storyline of the book. And that was magnificent. So I would emphasize that I'm not underestimating your child and don't underestimate your dog either, because there's a wonderful dog in this book who uh, is very, very smart. And uh, yes, so don't underestimate your dog either. And the other piece of advice I'd give to any young woman around is always to have a number two graphic pencil behind your ear. It can come in handy. And I'm sorry I can't be with you all today because I missed the company, but I just thought I'd do this for you from my sick bed. And, um, yeah, I'm going to get better. Don't worry. It's only temporary. But do you know what the first thing I'm going to do now I finish listening to that book? I'm going to listen to it again. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Thank you. So that was the mummy there, Anne Ingle, and um, I'm really grateful to her for 
lifting her head to do that because she's in a bit of a bad way. But like she said, she'll be grand. And um, she just wanted to, as you can hear, how much the book meant to her. And the fact that she's going to listen to it again says it all, I think. Bernice, what did you think? Well, I'll tell you what. I was so sad when it was over. I just wanted to keep going. I just think maybe we'll just give the listeners just sort of a, a, a sort of an idea of the shape of the book, if you like. So what it is, Elizabeth Zoth, she she wants a career in chemistry. She, was, she she studies chemistry, but, you know, she is faced with a wall of sort of misogynistic patriarchal prejudice. It's 1959 and a few things happen that are quite shocking and they sort of sort of rocked my vision of the book because I thought the book was going to be sort of hilarious from the get-go. And there's a scene very early on um, of a sexual assault on her and you go, oh, um, oh, but everything is so terrifically handled. So anyway, so there's an extraordinary love story at the centre of this. This book is everything, by the way. So there's an extraordinary uh, love story at the, the centre of the book. And Elizabeth has a child. So they're the, the prime unit in this book, if you like. Um, she's she's banjaxed for work because she wants to be a chemist. She can't be a chemist. She's banjaxed. Um, and then through a series of events, uh, she gets her own TV show at a local TV station where she teaches people to cook. Uh, it's it's She's like sort of, if you can imagine, like a Julia Child, that sort of character. And we're all going to be seeing a bit more Julia Child because the Netflix show. But... She's like a Julia Child. She's gorgeous, but she don't give in. She she says, well, I'll do a cookery show. But like, you know, I, I, it's not going to be one of these fluffy, silly afternoon cookery shows. You know, I'm very serious about food. I'm, I'm very serious. Food uh, cooking is chemistry. You know, I'm very serious. So, for example, she she says, you know, you must add sodium chloride. And people go, huh? Oh, well, salt. But she doesn't even call it salt. She keeps on. So anyway, it's great fun. It's really hugely fun. And because she stitches into this half an hour afternoon program, these sort of feminist ideas, you know, that you can you can change, you can be what you want to be, you can, you know, why not go for it? And so suddenly she gets this huge audience. So that's that's one thread of the story. The 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 romance is another. The rowing is another. All the time, the restrictions of women in the fifties and sixties is another. Um, the characters in the book are fantastic. Anne mentioned one Walter, a favourite character for me. And I thought how the writer is so nuanced, actually, in in how in her characters is Harriet, the neighbour across the road. Because Harriet is this, you know, you come to her Harriet and you think, oh, right, she's this um, older woman, uh, married, Catholic, uh, her Grown up children have left. So you've sort of an idea of what she might be in the 50s. And she suddenly, suddenly appears like that because she, she sees Elizabeth across the road with her baby really struggling because Elizabeth is not, it, it just, you know, sort of mothering. It doesn't come sort of immediately natural to her. She can't believe the slog it is actually which in fairness it is in the beginning. Um, and Harriet sort of swoops in from across the road and to help. But Harriet is sort of interesting because Harriet is realising Harriet is not as happy as her, in her life as you might appear, think from the outside. And she's very aware that she's been held back. She's very she's very aware of the satisfactions in her life. So that's very interesting. Um, there's rowing. That's another theme in it. Honestly, this book is such fun. But I'm going to and, and fun. I God, I hope I didn't make it sound dreary by with the sodium chloride. You see, that's the point. It's not. It's really good fun. But I'm going to tell a story that that's going to make Roisin a little mad. So I was in because she hates this sort of thing. I was in a bookshop last week and I was in town 
And I went, I was meeting a pal for coffee and I knew she'd be a little delayed. So I brought the book with me. So I had the book with me. And then I went into a bookshop because I needed to buy a couple of books for my sister for her birthday. And I saw the the big, you know, the bestsellers just on the wall there. And I saw, oh, maybe I'll buy this one. So another book by an Irish writer. And I picked it up and I opened it up. And the first word I read was despair. And I thought, oh, for feck's sake. So I said to the guy behind the counter, I said, you know, is I said, oh, God, is this really dreary? And he said, oh, yeah. It's really dreary. And I said, OK, I'm not buying that for a birthday then. And I said, actually, I'm reading this. And I was so excited because I just spent a half an hour reading uh, The Great Lessons in Chemistry. And also the cover is such a treat. It's so lively and fun. But anyway, I just spent a half an hour reading that. So I said, oh, and I'm reading this. It's such it's such a good, fun book. It's lovely. And he said, mm, yeah, it's it's a bit middle brow for me. And then he he then. Oh, <laughs> my God. I know. So I said, so Middlebrow, I mean, and then he started naming books with sort of slightly obscure South American authors, if you ask me. And I thought, okay, okay, get over yourself. Like, why is this Middlebrow? Also, what is Middlebrow? And so is it because it's fun looking? Is it because it's written by this woman? Is it because it concerns you know, women in the 50s and breaking the chains and living their lives. Why is this middle brow? Why? What? Why? So anyway, so that was my uh, book buying expedition last week. Well, I think Elizabeth Zott would very much, you know, understand that. As my mum said earlier, some things haven't changed. And I do think that's that's another case of something that because it's about women's lives and about women trying to change, it's dismissed and it's uh, denigrated for that reason. And that's a classic example. So in a way, I'm glad that happened to you because it kind of does sum up why this book is so brilliant. Bernice, thanks for that amazing. Um, I'm so glad. You know what I love? I love hearing you talk about it and you feel about it the same way I do. Obviously, the same way Anne does. Isn't it amazing to read a book that you just want to tell everybody about and that you know will make people happy and will make people think and will just be brilliant. You you know there's nobody that you know that you like is going to read this and not love it. That's the point. It's amazing. But Neve Towie, I have to come to you first before I run away with myself. (laughs) Did you enjoy this book? Oh, I loved this book, Roisin. Yeah, um, I totally concur with everything everyone said already. And I think it's interesting, Bernice, that he said it was Middlebrow. And you mentioned about the book you picked up and the first word was despair. I think the last way I would describe this book is that there was any despair in it. There was so much sadness in it. There was a lot of passages that were difficult to read as a woman especially some of it was so disheartening in a way but the way that this main character is constructed she handles it all with such grace with such courage um, and I think that was the real savior. This book was this the main character Elizabeth Zott. Um, like she reminded me almost of a grown up Girl Scout or of somebody who was a woman who was completely unaffected. Not on she wasn't unaffected, but um, she hadn't lost any courage. She hadn't been. Uh, she hadn't modified who she was or what she believed in because of the things that had happened to her as she was growing up um, and as she was becoming. Um, as she was trying to get into working life, all of which was incredibly difficult for her um, and the things that she faces in trying to be a chemist. And she's a fantastic, uh, talented uh, woman with all of these abilities. All of these men around her are stealing all of her work and um, they're lost without her. And yet they treat her like dirt when she's there. Um, she comes up against all of these barriers all of the time. And you never she she's indomitable in a way. Um, and 
I, I loved that about this character. I loved that we didn't, ha- it didn't have to be this horrible story of despair and of dejection. She overcame all of these things. She, she persevered despite what was uh, coming up against her. And I thought that was what was the real savior of this book is that, uh, she came to it and she made it fun. I mean, her TV show was so much fun. Um, and it was really zippy to read. It was, um, you know, she sparkles in this book. Um, and I really loved that about it. Um, I really loved that about it. And it made you feel like, you know, if we were all a little bit more like Elizabeth, if we weren't all so, um, you know, sometimes I feel things happen to us in our lives as women and we are affected by them and we modify ourselves because of what happens to us. We're not necessarily taught to be, you know, um, to, to mind ourselves in certain situations, to be scared, to be afraid. But we learn to be scared and afraid because of things that happen to us. Elizabeth isn't scared and isn't afraid by the things that have happened to her. And I felt like that was the real, she was the real star of this book and why I really enjoyed reading it and why all of us probably didn't want it to end. Um, oh, I wish Elizabeth was on our screens Every evening at six o'clock showing us <laughs> how to make dinner, but really how to live our lives and how to be better and how to achieve more. Um, so for me, it was it was Elizabeth was the, the, the star of the show here and why I really, really enjoyed this book. Well, I mean, I'm so glad to hear you both say that it's really lovely. And I don't think it's happened before that we've had absolute unanimity in how much we all love something. So this is a first for the Women's <laughs> Podcast Book Club. And also, I mean, it's just a perfect novel, isn't it? Like it's it's everything. Like you said, Bernice, it's got everything. It's got the sadness. It's got that. But you know what? There's great plot in it too. Really, there's terrific great plot. twists and turns. There's brilliant things that we don't know that we're dying to find out, and it keeps us going right till the end. And I didn't, I didn't see the end coming. No, I, I, di- I didn't amazing? expect that. I, I didn't, I didn't no. see that coming. But and you know what? I thought was really good as well. Um, like one of the most monstrous characters in it is in fact a woman. It's Frask, the HR. Um, she, this woman works in HR in the lab that Elizabeth works in and she's absolutely monstrous to her. But of course, we start to understand as the book goes on how that happened, how Frask is like that. And she really is a product of all she had to put up with. And she was being monstrous really to fit in with this all male, you know, environment. Like, for example, in the labs, the men thought they were doing something hilarious. They they got a, a lab coat for Elizabeth Zott and on embroidered, you know, usually people's names are embroidered on the pocket and on the pocket of Elizabeth Zott's was EZ. So, you know, they were just so cruel to her and Frask was very much at the heart of that. But her, the way her character changed as the book went on, the way we came to understand why she was like she was, was just so fantastic. It struck me as well that, you know, if you picked up, there's something about America in the late 50s and the 60s that's sort of optimistic. And, you know, this whole idea of a TV show, the whole idea of everybody driving around in cars, the whole idea of people doing things. Just think if you heard that a book was set in Ireland in the 50s, the like <laughs> your heart wouldn't sing, would it? You know, so it's funny. So we bring we bring our own notions as well when we pick up these books, don't we? Yeah, totally. Um, I have to tell you something very exciting, which I'm so when I told my mum this yesterday, she nearly fell off her chair off her sick bed. Um, I have interviewed Bonnie Garmus. And it's going to be in an episode of the podcast in a few weeks. And I tell you something, do you know when you want to meet somebody and it's you're terrified that they won't live up to all that you have, you know, put on them because of the work they've done? She is 
an incredible woman, Bonnie Garmus. She's 64, I have to tell everyone. It's her first book at 64. She spent her life as a copy editor, Bernice, something that you will know a good bit about and and honed her writing skills in that and the story of how she got this book published and the story of her writing journey. Like, it's just going to make everyone so happy. So I'm really pleased. Um, And also Brie Larson is going to star in that Apple TV series that we're talking about. So we will get to see Elizabeth Sutton even away on our screens telling that lovely thing. She says at the very end of each show, now, children, set the table. Your mother needs a moment to herself. I mean, is it not the most best (laughs) line at the end? It's so loaded. It's got everything. Neve, have you anything else you want to add? No, I just now you mentioned that the author was 64 in her debut novel. I was thinking of Anne, who, your mom, Roisin. And I think like that story in itself, um, I'm delighted that we'll get to hear from her. I want to hear more about that. These are the kind of authors we should be reading as well. I feel like there's always so much buzz around young female writers. I want to hear more from these too. So um, it's great to have an author like this on the podcast um, and it gives another layer of excitement to the whole thing. And I do want to say, I mean, you did, we all touched on it, how funny it is. And there is, I mean, I'm not into um, really animals as characters in books. It's not my thing. But I have to say the dog in this book (laughs) is just irresistible. I was about to say that 6.30, the dog. The dog is called 6.30. Um, I was about to say that, Roisin, because I'm afraid of dogs. And I'm not, If like, I, I, I so a book, a book with a dog. And I think, oh, God, what a cutesy, horrible device. This is so clever. And again, that, that goes to the writer's skill. I mean, the dog is such a hilarious. Yeah. Well, the dog provides a lot of the humour, actually, no. but not in a really annoying, clawing way that would drive you mad. <laughs> he's a real so, overthinker. Uh, he's really anxious. Like, he's a really smart dog. Of course he is, because he's their dog. But um, yeah, he's really smart and overthinks everything and is very anxious about the world and his place in it. And it's hilarious. Yeah, the dog is... I mean, he's a very important part of the narration of this book yes. really isn't he definitely and when I was reading this I don't know how the others read uh, Maria Semple it's the same sort of humour as Maria Semple the same sort of liveliness vibrancy so I'd encourage anybody who loves this book to think oh well maybe go for Maria Semple's Where'd You Go Bernadette uh, yeah. because it's the same uh, there's something about it that's kind of the same maybe um, yeah anyway. and another book that's put in the same sort of bracket and I, I can see why is Eleanor Oliphant as well a kind of a a woman who is not like any other woman you've read in in fiction too. And so I think, yes, we need more of that, more nuanced, complex, uh, feisty, hopeful characters. And I love what you said, Neve, about how much she's been through. And she did, but she just refused to to lie lie down and die, you know. And then what she, not only does she refuse to lie down and die, she wants to encourage every other woman to lift themselves out of this role that they've been designated and to change it. You know, it's just wonderful. She's like, doesn't it feel after reading it that she actually existed? That is that's not the success of this book. Absolutely. You're so right, actually. I didn't think of that. You're absolutely right. I Roisin. feel like she's a real person that we're reading a, a history about Elizabeth Zott. Yeah. I, Do you I, know, I, I will tell you one thing that, um, well, I don't want to, I could tell you so much, but I won't. I'll let you wait to hear the interview with Bonnie Garmus. But she told me that, um, she, because I asked her about her own husband, I imagined that her own husband must be like Walter Pine, very kind of enlightened and somebody that, and she said, no, he's great. He's brilliant. But she said she had, she had this row with him early on in their relationship where he said something that wasn't at all very um, feminist and wasn't very supportive. And she walked out of the restaurant where they, where they had that first row and things changed after that because they figured it out what, what it was, what was not right. But the restaurant 
that they had that row in was called Zots. Ah. And that's where she got Elizabeth's second name. And I just, things like that, you know, are just so cool. Oh, very good. Very good. Roisin, it also made me sort of wonder, how do book clubs pick their books? Um, because I think you picked this and I, I, I'm not sure that I would have found it to read it. I know it's, I know we're seeing a lot, we're seeing interviews with her and everything, but you know, we see interviews with a lot of authors, you know, I know I would have been maybe drawn to the cover in the bookshop, but I'm not entirely sure I would have picked it up and read it. So this was the great thing about, you know, you, you choose, I think you did choose this. Um, so, but it did get me thinking, how do book clubs. I'd love to know our, our listeners, their book clubs. How do they choose it? Is it democratic? Does somebody choose? Um, is it better if it's not democratic? If it's better if this, somebody just says... This is a good says, idea, Bernice. Actually, maybe we should introduce a question for our, our book club listeners um, every week because that is a great one. Let us know how you choose your books and, you know, is it is it by Rota? Do you let people have a, a say or, or do you do fiction or non-fiction or is there a kind of how how do you choose them? Send us uh, an email, thewomenspodcast at irishtimes.com or get in touch with us on social. Um, I, there's so much more. Like my mum said at the beginning, you know, she said she could talk and talk and talk about it. And I, I really know I'm going to read it again. I know my mum is going to listen to it again. And I think that's um testament to it as well. The layers, the amount of funny lines. I mean, there's one bit and I did talk to Bonnie about this. There's a line about, you know, the Dr. Spock um baby manual. My mum had that. I'm surprised she didn't mention it. And like, there's just one line in it which says, isn't it amazing that a man who has no first person experience of the subject he's writing about, childbirth and parenting, becomes an instant bestseller in that. Like Dr. Spock, the definitive words about being a mother written by a man. And it never occurred to me before. Well, and this, of course, was in the same week that the master of the rotunda is... I don't know, a master, a man, like what? Yeah, same thing. Rotunda has never had a woman um, no. in all its history. It's what would they know and there was, about babies um, and There was nine, birth. I think, uh, men on the interview panel and three women. And yeah, so I, I think, and I mentioned this to Bonnie Garmus when I talked to her as well about how much has changed and how much hasn't changed as well. And I think that's why the book is going to resonate so much because although it's set in the 60s and the 50s, there are still so many elements of this that we all recognise. And and that is, okay, it's depressing in one way, but it also gives more, you know, fire in your belly to go, look, we need to keep at these things as well. You know, it's it's a very inspirational book too, I think. I think as well, I think Elizabeth is a very um, inclusive kind of hero for women. You know, she, at the start of the book, you can tell she really wants to reject this idea of being a housewife, of taking, or of marrying even, or of taking uh, her husband's name. Um, if she were to marry. Um, but then she kind of becomes a champion for the housewife um, and and she becomes a voice for them in a way that maybe I don't think she ever felt. She never recognised herself as somebody like that. I think that's a really uh, lovely part of this book too, is that she be, she interacts so well with all of these housewives who are watching her and she encourages them along um, and 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 they, they achieve amazing things. There's this one... Um, one um, woman who watches the show who says oh I, you know I'm just really interested in um in in uh, medical science but uh she has four kids she's a housewife and she could never see herself going back to do anything like this and by the end of the book um not to give it away but she does and uh all because of Elizabeth um so I I like I loved that about it too I didn't feel like uh, she was a kind of a, a zealot who rejected all other forms of um feminism I thought it was very inclusive um 
I thought that there was a lot of uh, variable characters in it. And I like I really liked that about the book. I do hope younger women, uh, I, I, I've been reading a lot about how young mothers in particularly are under a huge amount of pressure because of Instagram, because of the perfect motherhood that's been presented on Instagram. Um, and I, I really hope uh, that young women reading this book will take the advice of Harriet. So, uh, Harriet comes across the road and she is she she knows Elizabeth is just freaking out. She's brought the baby home. Elizabeth's freaking out with the baby. And um, she comes over and she says, as much as everyone can ever know uh, about babies, she said they're little sadists. The question is why anyone was have more than one. How many did you have Four. Uh, what are you trying to say, Miss Ott? Are you worried about something in particular? Well, it's just that. Just say it. Boom. Out. I'm a terrible mother. It's it, it's not just the way you found me asleep on the job. It's many things or rather everything. Be more specific. Well, for instance, Dr. Spock says I'm supposed to put her on a schedule. So I've made one, but she won't follow it. <laughs> Harriet's slow and snorted. Um, and I, I'm not having any of those moments you're supposed to have. You know, the moments. I, I don't. The blissful moments. Women's magazine rot. Sloan interrupted. You need to steer clear of that stuff. It's complete fiction. Yeah, I mean, exactly. There is so much in it. Uh, I'm so glad we all agree. I mean, I did really expect us all to agree, to be honest. If you hadn't, I might have had to disband the book club. <laughs> I, I don't know what I'd have done if, if I'd have heard like, well, I don't like this book. I just, I But honestly, I, I, I'm just so happy. It's it's such a brilliant conversation to have. Um, and I hope that everyone will enjoy then learning more about Bonnie Garmoose, this incredible woman who's written this book and her life and her journey towards this point. And, I, you know, it really couldn't have happened to a nicer, more talented, hardworking, great woman. And I, I know everyone's going to fall in love with her as well. Um, so I can't wait to bring you that in a few weeks. Uh, in the meantime, Neve Towie and Bernice Harrison and, of course, my mum, Anne, we wish her the best. Uh, thank you all very much for joining us and talking about Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmus. Thanks, Roisin. Thanks, Roisin. That's all we have time for. Do get in touch with us on social at IT Women's Podcast or by email thewomenspodcast at irishtimes.com. Tell us about how you choose your book club books and also make sure to keep an ear out for that episode with Bonnie Garmus. If you loved Lessons in Chemistry as much as we all did, then you're going to really adore that chat. I, I know you're going to love it. Thanks very much to Anne Ingle, to Neve Towie and to Bernice Harrison. The podcast is produced by me, Roisin Ingle, by Suzanne Brennan and Jennifer Ryan with JJ Vernon on sound. Mind yourselves and I'll talk to you next time. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com 